Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, we're all here tonight. No potential shortage causes us to postpone something like a certain football league in a non-league environment at the moment. So uh, welcome to Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Uh, we've all turned up tonight, guys. You've all got enough fuel. Am I right? Uh, More than enough. Yeah, yeah, just got about. Yeah, I've got nothing to tank for tonight. Plenty in the tanks for a bloody good shot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, to start it on a lower tone. But, uh, guys, uh, uh, an interesting couple of days, which we will touch on later on in the podcast. Uh, we, uh, we've got a full house tonight. How, how are we all doing? Trevor, you okay? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound like you're okay. That was a very mediocre year. Yeah, yeah I've had better days, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, getting sent uh, our send of everywhere on his delivery route today. Gaz, you all right, mate? How are we doing? All good, all good. In the house with my own Wi-Fi. So. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He's got his own Wi-Fi. He's testing it out for the first time. So uh, let's hope he doesn't crash tonight. Chris Chris has recovered from his marathon, I hope. He's not on the wine tonight. He's on the sweet cleanse, as he's told us. Yeah, yeah. Or has he got a wine in the background? Or is it in a gin? Have you put the sweet cleanse in a gin? No, I'm going back to no alcohol Monday to Thursday. Being a good boy. Saving himself for the weekend. Maybe maybe Peter Vale should learn that as well. Um, but uh, Mr. Technology over there, <laughs> holding his pint up. Pete, are we okay? Uh, I, th- I think so. I think we're going to get into it during this podcast because to oh, be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. Fuming. He's got no. Um, he's got no football to look forward to for a, at least nearly a, well, nearly 10, 11 days now, which is a shame. But as you said, we'll get into that. But um, guys, just a first note: we started last week, uh, two weeks ago, on a sombre note. We just a, a little remembrance here for Steve Hoare, who was uh, one of Worthing Football Club's. Um, he was actually the stadium announcer. Suddenly passed away last um, Monday, I think it was. It really hit home. Pete and I know him quite well from doing the commentary at Woodside Road as he's in the box next to us. He's also a Charlton fan and we don't get many Charlton fans, as you know, especially down in the South Coast. So we always used to have a little rant about Charlton normally and, you know, discuss the odd goings on. But he was just such a generally nice guy, wasn't he, Pete? And I, I, Trevor, I'm not sure if you knew him that well or Gaz, but he was a genuinely nice guy. And I know that gets bounded about a lot when someone dies, but this time he, he, you can say that, can't you, Pete? Yeah, he was, he was he was so approachable, and of course, don't forget he was also a coach for some of the youth teams as well. Yeah. And it was it was nice Saturday that a lot of youngsters who have either played uh, under him or for him, and the whole touchline was covered in all these young players. Yeah. And then the main team ran the centre circle along. Yeah, well, I, I I wasn't there on Saturday, but I was listening to you commentating on it. I could hear the sort of lump in your throat. Uh, yeah, I did. Quite I, 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 yeah, I did get a bit croaky. <laughs> yeah, well, you do because obviously it hits home. And I think, you know, we've had people like, you know, our old programme editor passed away last year and um, I didn't know him that well, sadly, like, you know, but. I think when you do, and it's sad as it is anyway, but when it actually someone you know and you sort of almost part of a match day experience that you speak to, it's like that guy from Charlton, Seb guy, the one that was quite one of the first people I knew dying of COVID last year. And, you know, he he was a club legend, someone you'd always see on an away day or at home, always say hello to him. When, when you know someone yeah. personally, it does hit home a lot more. That's it. And it, um, 
Dulwich Hamlet guy as well last year. I can't remember oh, his Mishy, name. Mishy, 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 yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, he's gone in such a big loss to the club. Yeah, non-league stalwarts. But um, Steve, if you're listening up on the airwaves, if I've got Spotify up there, I hope you're listening. Um, but yeah, all the best and to this family as well. Um, you know, Marcus, who's a club photographer as well, really nice guy, and his um his daughters and his wife. Um, all the best to you guys. Um, and lots of love from us all here at the PNLP. But um, should we start on it, or should we go over the past couple of weeks? Should we go over the past couple of weeks first, see what we've watched and what we've done? So, Trevor, where, where have you been in the last few weeks? What have you been uh, watching since the last podcast? Uh, where did I go Tuesday? Oh, Worthing, Worthing and Seaford, wasn't it, Gaz? We did last yeah. Tuesday at Step 6. Uh, and then I was at the Hive on Saturday for Barnet and Weymouth. My first trip up this season. And, and maybe you're the lucky charm for Barnet because you actually saw them win. Yeah, but I wasn't lucky at Chesterfield, was I? So it must only be... No, but home home games, yeah. Lucky home touch. Games. Yeah, no, home games. And, and what what did the feeling about the place feel? I mean, we'll touch on Harry Kiel leaving the club a little bit later on. But uh, what what was it uh, you, you felt? Did it feel like a different atmosphere on the pitch or on the coaching staff? Yeah, definitely looked at it. I heard, I heard a couple of days before I know that the, um, you know, to coin a phrase with Barnet being the bees, that it was buzzing all week. So um, it's uh, sort of as if almost like a dark clouds lifted above with um, with Harry Kiel going. So um, the players, players looked a little bit more like they knew what they were doing um, rather than as it, it as it was square square pegs in round holes and that sort of. But Malarkey's Kiel was trying to play. Um, but um, I, I mean, I thought that if we scored first, we'd win. They scored first, then the confidence metal would just shatter again. But we scored first, they equalised, and we scored twice more after that as well, oh. which is a little bit surprising. But... <laughs> Sorry, I just have to interrupt you there. I've just heard a smash outside my front of my house, and uh, one of the morons queuing for petrol right now has gone into the arse end of someone right outside where we live we live next door to an Asta for the listeners and there's a petrol station and I just heard a smash and my wife just whatsapped me and there's uh, basically someone's gone into the arse end of another car well done Britain Beautiful. well done for cre- creating well Panama. done Britain well, uh, back, back to football back to football uh, yeah, oh, I, was, I was gonna I was, I was, I was gonna ask you Trevor um, do, you, do you think Harry Kiel got enough time or, or is he just too inexperienced at this level like you said putting you know uh, Square pegs in round holes, etc. Yeah, I've I I thought myself he'd have had this weekend's game actually. Um, but something something actually I think it was last Saturday after we played Bromley. He's on a touchline ban after being sent off at Grimsby, but he wouldn't go and do the um, post match. And in the end, he sent Paul Butler his assistant, who actually didn't put any punches and probably gave a better post match interview than we've had all season from from Kiel. His were very bland, very uninspiring. There wasn't a lot to him. So I don't know. Everyone across the footballing world, when he got appointed, said wrong fit, wrong appointment, won't last. I wasn't quite expecting the end of September. I thought it'd last a bit longer, but um, we we didn't look like we were anything in any of the games I've seen and other games other people have been to as well. I just don't think He's got it. He's got it in him to be a, a a really successful coach. He had the players he signed are certainly good enough. Um, there's a lot more quality that we've got this year than we had last year. But regardless of whether we won or lost on Saturday, the shambles of a team we had last year have got more points um, than this lot have got after eight games. So 
Do you know what's uh, actually quite interesting you say that, though, because uh, a few years ago when Charlton were linked with an Australian consortium takeover, Harry Kill was the guy they wanted in charge, and they made that quite obvious, despite the fact Lee Bowie was in charge at the time. So I'm quite glad, obviously not for you, but I'm quite glad he's gone to Barnet and proven he was absolutely sh- shocking um, than he would have pr- proven at a League One club, because if he can't do it, I know it's a completely different kettle of fish, but he didn't really do it at Crawley, did he? <laughs> he didn't sort no, of do it anywhere no, else. He so hasn't done it very well, yeah. Maybe he should just go to punditry or something like that or coaching, but, you know, he's sometimes they're using that big name to try and get, you know, the attraction. It hasn't worked. So um, we'll touch, we'll touch. Yeah, sorry, Gaz, sorry, Gaz, go uh, on. My opinion on, I said to Trevor the other day, my opinion on Harry Pure is I think he thinks he is better than he actually is. And I might cause a few. Uh, I'm not his biggest admirer, seeing as he used to play for Liverpool. But in, in, I just think he's a bit of a big time. He thinks he's a big time Charlie, and actually, he's not proven himself anywhere, so he doesn't have that right yet. Yeah, no, he, he's living on the glory of his Champions League winning medal, isn't he? Or yeah, absolutely. Like I think I think as well though. It wasn't. It wasn't to me about Kiel succeeding. It was a little bit because obviously he's failed everywhere else. But this whole structure that we put in place. It starts with a head of football and then goes with a head coach, an assistant coach. You've got a goalkeeping coach, a physio, and probably God knows how many others knocking around the door as well. Um, You know, that that needs to work. Whether that structure ends up getting dismantled within six months, it wouldn't surprise me because it's Barnet. It's what we do. As somebody um, tweeted to me tonight, it's part of the lunacy of, of, of supporting the club. But I've since had someone else text me actually just beforehand that it doesn't appear that Brennan does want the job himself, he does want to stay as director of football. So hopefully he'll pick up some results over the next three or four games as well. Um, and then we can take our time with them, the appointment. But the players seem to enjoy it. There was a lot more togetherness. There was a group huddle after the game. You know, the celebrations, I thought, maybe we're a bit over the top because we've won one game. But possibly it's almost maybe as if it's the shackles that come off the players. They understood a little bit more what they what they got to do. He's got another whole week this week before we play again with them. Well, as we're on it, we might as well continue it. But what would you think, uh, who, who would you like to see replace? Or have you heard any rumours of any names that you think might fit quite well in the Barnet Madhouse? A few people think Baron Curry is coming back. I do you? you? You know no, him quite well. No, no. What's he well, doing that, at the moment? Is he employed at the moment as a coach? No, he's doing a bit of scouting, I think, for people every now and then. Yeah. Um, and just getting himself about to games. But that would involve... Tony eating humble pie and basically apologising and saying, like, you know, the last year he's cocked it up and shouldn't have let Darren go in the first place. So I can't see that happening, to be honest. Why did he let him go in the first place? Obviously, I'm not that aware of Barnet and obviously we only got to know you in the middle of last year. Just pulls apart in, I think, what direction they wanted to take the club. Obviously, you had COVID was only three months in by then. um, And I think Darren and Junior had one vision. Tony had a a completely different one. um, And it just wasn't going to wasn't going to work, wasn't going to fit that way. That's why I got rid of him. But you look at the at the, at the disaster of 14 months since then. Um, I think it's something like um, Efron's 22 years old. He's on his 25th manager, I think it is, which is just outrageous. It really is. Um, Neil Smith is who him. I'd really like. Yeah. Um, because he's done it at Bromley. And... Is this just because he's your mate? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of that. But, um... Isn't sorry? Isn't this going to be a plug for his little live video he did about like a couple of months ago? Like, oh, he's already mentioned Curry. Now it's Smith. Who, who's the other one? Uh, is he going to be? Is going to be another one, option yeah. for you that you'd like? Nah, let me nah, guess. he definitely won't be. Um, but again, though, I mean, if you look at the last 
14 months, there's been very few managerial changes in the three National League divisions. Then you look at the last week and between the three divisions, five managers are gone. So clubs are not going to waste time this time around because there is that fear of the relegation. There is that needing to get out of the National League as well before the salary cap comes in next year. So, you know, clubs are going to clubs are going to throw a little bit more at it, I think. Um, although Tony's just throwing cash at managers, he keeps paying off. Well, as we're there, like, um, what other managers have gone? York City, York, is it York City? No, not York City. It's um, no, Gloucester. Gloucester City. Yeah, Paul yeah. Rose went to Gloucester. Yeah, what, shop. yeah. and um, what was the sort of stories behind them? I'm not sure with Sale, to be honest. Um, I'm, uh, I was slightly surprised. I'm not quite sure where all the shop see themselves to be. Um, I'd say lower, yeah. lower mid table. Um, you know, they haven't started that well, probably only about as well as us. So maybe not. Um, I don't think Phil Brown's too far behind, to be honest, at South End. Um, yeah. They're struggling to adapt. Um, Groves, I think, just lost to have had such a bad start. They were leading the league last year when it, when it got curtailed. Um, and they're bottom three this year. They've only won one in the first, whatever it is, six or seven. So, um, you know, about seven games is the average. If you haven't started to do it by then, it's a good chance. I'm slightly surprised Kevin Watson's not got the push yet. Bill Ricky, the mm. bottom of the table with only four points. Yeah. They're opening seven games, so... It's interesting, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it shows how. I mean, this is the thing because, um, as I said before, and you know, I I think you're very impatient. Like we were getting frustrated at Worthing over the first few games. We're second in the league at now, and we've had and it really bloody annoys me because that bloody Peter down in that bottom right hand corner of my screen right now says on our own Rebel Yell podcast, "Oh, I think we're going to get four wins out of four. and then it, we're all all on track for doing that. And they go and cancel the game tomorrow. I was like, so we we got we got is that the last game in um. September it was wasn't it so yeah he's he's got I'll give it to him because he's got three out of three um bloody annoying smarty pants he is but uh <laughs> Chris moving up north you ain't in the mm. FA Cup anymore frustratingly and that lo- looks like it was quite a disappointing result for you um but how would you say mask as we were saying mask um they beat, beat you three nil and I know you weren't there and you were looking forward to going but from yeah. what you heard from your friends and stuff in South Shields disappointing performance very because um, they're in the league below you, aren't they? Am I right? In, so, yeah. But they are, you know, riding high. The leading scorer, that, you know, that was his 18th goal of the season already. Um, so they're a very physical side. The, the pitch isn't the best, so they have they've adapted to that and they play a physical game, a direct game, um, and they're very, very good at it. Um, so it was. I don't think it, the result isn't as big a surprise as some people might think. It was the manner of the defeat, I think. Hmm. Um, having watched the highlights, it just, in some areas, looked like we got out-muscled. But also, you have to take your hat off three very, very clinical finishes. Um, but the irony is that um, South Shields' league position um, improved that day without even having to play a league game. You know, um, Nearest rivals um, played their game in hand and lost to Stafford Rangers. So um, still two points clear, but with, you know, on the same number of games. So 10 to 5, the league position was better than what it was at 10 to 3, which is the irony of it all. Where are you but, at um, the moment in the league? Top. <laughs> top. You're top. You're top. Good. Fantastic. Played 10, played 10, won 8, drawn 2. Um, and uh, Plus 17 goal difference as well. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, again, a bit of irony is the goals that South Shields have conceded m- mainly 
have come from poor errors. No one has kind of scored goal by getting through us. It's always been by um, errors or lapses of concentration. And that happened again on Saturday against Warrington. We're 3-0 up, totally bossing the game, outstanding performance. And then we gift we gift them a goal and just gives them a little bit of impetus in the game. And it ended up 3-2 when it wasn't a 3-2 game. I, granted, we, we made the mistake, so you, you gave them a goal. But was it 3-2? No, I would say it was more of a 4-1 kind of game. A, again, against a very physical Warrington. Not quite the same Warrington that I've seen from previous seasons, but still good enough. So it was a great, a, a great, great win. But again, just those lapses of concentration cost us. But on the whole, you know, we can't, we can't argue. Some fans, and I, I've kind of said, we're never going to win the FA Cup. So the whole priority of this season is to get promoted. So what do you do? Do you prioritise the Cups or the league? You prioritise the league. But we've still got the FA Trophy to come, and that's a, a competition where we could go further, potentially, could mm. potentially win it. Um, the FA Cup would have been nice to get a good cup run, some money in. But at the same time, it means that we no longer have to fit in games where the Saturday game is now going to be played in February, March on a Tuesday night. Mm. Um, so, so, so next... Next weekend, for instance, you know, we've got to, we can get get those league games played. Yeah, I think the problem that that we've got here because we got knocked out the FA Cup in the first qualifying round is the teams that we were due to play upcoming, like this Saturday. Um, they're still they're still in the FA Cup, so we've had we've had two two Saturdays off in in three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a, it's a bit annoying, especially when the you haven't got any midweek fixtures either. I think what it is is we know it's going to go. We know the money wise. It's that's the reason why you're going to go. You ain't going to win it. You're no chance going to win it. But to get to that first round and the amount of money it would mean to a club like Worthing, like oh. South Shields, like any of these masks and stuff like that, it'd be amazing. Absolutely. Um, but you know, South Shields, as as it's been well documented, and you guys know full well what I'm going to say here. Two years ago, you know. Two seasons ago, 10 points clear at the top of the league. We should have been in National League North. And so the, the heat is on to get in there. You know, it has to be done. You look at the infrastructure at the club now, full time. The new stand is developing all the time. It's looking, you know, each time we go to a game, there's developments on the stand. The whole club is geared up for National League North football. So it has to be. So sometimes you have to just say, well, look, yeah, we're out of the cup, but let's get cracking on the league. And um, Saturday's game, for instance, away to Nantwich in Cheshire. Nantwich are out of their FA Cup. So we can get the game played. We ordinarily, if either of us had still been in the cup, it would have been moved to a Tuesday night after Christmas. So mm. um, there's, there's those things to look at. Mm. Um, so on the whole, it's it, you know things are, things are still good up north. Oh. How about um, up north? Talk about up north. What about uh, any other surprises or upsets in the cup or the league at the moment? Anything updated-wise you've been surprised with in um, north or uh, or in your own league or the FA Cup? In well, again, the Northern Premier League is just the most bizarre league. Um, FC United of Manchester, who to me have still been the best side to come to us this year, thrashed five-two at Staley Bridge on Saturday. That tells me are things 
roseate FC United, maybe not that just really um, sold their arguably one of their best players to Bamba Bridge. Um, so things aren't all rosy at, at, at FC, but you know, it's just a, a zany league where anything can happen. The one thing that stands out is the fact that South Shields so far have been so consistent when still elsewhere these bizarre results come up. Um, I mean, when we saw it on Saturday, you know, 5-2, no disrespect to Staley Bridge, um, but, you know, to beat FC United 5-2 was one hell of a result. And Morpeth mm. Town, they're struggling still rock bottom. Um, when they they would class themselves as looking to certainly be in the top half of the table. Mm. The, the league's just starting to take shape. Mm-hmm. Some of the, you know, your Buxtons, your Matlocks, your South Shields just starting to be up there. But the surprise package for many will be Whitby Town mm-hmm. who are, and Bamba Bridge, of course. Um, two good clubs, um, progressive clubs, um, not necessarily would be earmarked as promotion challengers, um, but are right up there. So they, 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 they are going well. And the, it's going to be a key few weeks for Shields now because um, mainly, and, and Graham Fenton, the manager, um, said this in an interview a, few week, um, a week or two ago that we hadn't played anyone in the top seven so far this season until Saturday when we beat Warrington. So the, it's going to be the litmus test, certainly in, in, in October when mm-hmm. we play, we play basically all the top sides. So it's going to be um, an interest. If we can come out of that relatively unscathed, then I think um, things will be rosy. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because when it gets to the end of sort of September time, you, next thing you know, it's Christmas. And then that's mm. when, as you say, the league's already starting to take shape. I mean, we'll touch about the Isbian in a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's in our league as well. It's, start, it's starting to see some key trends and some that you think, yeah. Christ, what's going on here? Um, but definitely, even in two weeks' time when we do the next podcast, I'm sure it, there'll be more changes and more shocks and surprises. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's, just, it's just bizarre. Um, but good fun. Good fun. Um, because you it, you just don't know what you go when you go on to Fot Mob or whatever app you used to get your your latest scores. You just don't mm. know what you're going to see next. No, which is weird. No, that's true. No, no, it's good. It makes it exciting. It makes it exciting. But um, moving on back down south, Gareth Gaz. Uh, if you um, see you've seen a couple of games in the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I went to Weather United in Step Six with Trevor last week, and then at the weekend, I went even lower. I went down to Step Seven at the weekend. So I fast the encounter and Littlehampton United. Um, yeah. Didn't you go to East Preston as well? Yeah, it was at East Preston Football Club. Yeah. Uh, that's a Littlehampton Oh, it United. was actually... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they played against uh, Jarvis Brook. It was eventful. I was asked to pick man of the match and it, for Littlehampton United. At half-time, I was asked to pick that. Um, at this point, Littlehampton United were 3-0 down. How do you pick a man of the match when the team are 3-0 down? I do very, not know. Very odd. It was, yeah, it was an interesting decision. Um, yeah, even at half-time, picking a man of the match. <laughs> yeah, so I was, asking, I was asked to watch the Did you not match. pick the referee? Because I heard he had a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't very consistent, shall we say. Um, no, I was asked to pick a man of the match at half-time, but after watching the second half. So I watched the second half and picked the man of the match at the end of the game. Oh, I see. I thought you were picking the men in the match at half-time. <laughs> Lucky for me, uh, Little Hampton United came back and drew 3 up. So, 
I managed it wasn't it wasn't picking a man in a match and they got absolutely tonked three 0 It was picking a man in a match and a three all draw, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And what's the quality? What's the quality being down at county level at the moment down the south coast? I've only really seen the Arundel game. I went with Trevor. It's been so busy. It's a, work, it's a but... bag. There's a bit of hoofball going on, and then there's some other teams like Littlehampton Town, for example. Um, getting big crowds, aren't they as well? Yeah, getting decent crowds, but they want to knock it about and they want to play nice football. So depends which level you go. But actually, I've seen the game I saw on the weekend at step seven. I've seen worse games at step six and step five. Mm if that makes sense, in terms of the quality I'm wanting to play. So, yeah. it, it's a mixed bag, really. And Trevor will probably agree with that, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, was a, there, wasn't, there wasn't much quality, was there, last week between Worthing United and Seaford. It wasn't, no. it wasn't the greatest. With respect to both teams, it wasn't the greatest game to have watched. And as you say, I've, I've seen a bit, a bit better at times at Step 7 in a couple of the games I've seen this season. So, um, I don't know if that's down to... The, you know, the, just the lack of players that there's, you know, it's not cohesive, whether they're missing players through COVID work and it's not, you know, they're struggling to get the same 11 out two weeks running or two games running. I, 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 you know, I don't quite know, but yeah, it is hit and miss, very hit and miss. I mean, this game on the game on Saturday, we didn't actually know where it was going to go ahead to about 20 past two because of road closures and petrol and, and that sort of thing. But they, uh, the away side actually had more players there at two o'clock than the home side. So yeah, uh, that's when you know it's sort of going to go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. Well, it sounds, it sounds like a bit of a mixed bag, as you say, of uh, county football. That's what you love about county football, because you can never know what's going to happen. It's quite hard to see what, what way the match is going to go. Uh, Pete, we've only had one match at Worthing since the last podcast, and that was the Corinthians match. We finally got revenge, barely. Um, a last-minute penalty winner for Worthing that sent them into second in the league. And I know Pete was quite happy, as, uh, as he said to the manager, to get revenge on Corinthians for knocking us out of the cup and basically outplaying us in the last two matches. So pretty much in the space of a month, we played Corinthians three times. Yeah, we have. But I did, I did go on a travel to a, a, another non-league round last week, didn't I, in the FA Cup? Oh, yeah, you're, you're back in the Midlands and unsuccessfully, again, couldn't be bothered to recruit a, a Midlands <laughs> correspondent. I don't know why we bother asking him when he goes up Midlands. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't expecting my sister to come with me and it was what? her first football match. So I've recruited her to, to football now. So she quite, but you haven't she, recruited she her to the it. podcast, have you? That's what your main goal no. was, I thought. No, I'm not going to recruit my sister to this. Good <laughs> doesn't know anything. Um, anyway, it was uh, Bromsgrove against... Works up and Bromsgrove wins 6-0. Cracking little ground, cracking little stadium. Good game. How much was the beer prices? Uh, you could you could buy a, a beer for £3.50 or, mm. or you <laughs> could note. buy a can of carlin for two quid or two cans for £3.50. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Some other clubs could take note. Anyway, uh, was it a good match? <laughs> it was good. Uh, yeah, did. I thought Worksop started really well, to be honest. And then Bromsgrove, the first cross in the box, Worksop couldn't defend it, goes in after four minutes. Um, and that was the story of the game. Worksop just could not defend any ball into the box and it ended up in a net. But the I, I saw the highlights on YouTube earlier. And uh, yeah, the, the fifth goal for Bromsgrove, it's worth watching just for the fifth goal for Bromsgrove. is cracking ball in and a absolutely... Brilliant sort of a, what would you call it? A, like a spider type finish. Yeah, like a Peter Crouch spider. <laughs> yeah, similar like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't quite an overhead kick, but on mm. the angle and came yeah, across. Yeah. Oh, but, it, but, it, but it, 
yeah, it was, it was a really good day, really nice ground. Um, yeah, really, really nice. And over, over 700 people there as well. But back to Worthing, yeah. We, we yeah, couldn't let you escape without talking about Worthing, could we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, last minute winner um, against Corinthians. Yeah, I think I might have got excited on the commentary when I hit the net. Oh, yeah, you did. You were, you were kind of screaming, like, as you did. Like, I know when you're very excited because you get all husky. Uh, I don't really want to know what noise that probably is, but you know, that's the noise he makes, something like that. But um, it was a kind of one of those games from it, from what I heard on the commentary, it was quite a boring yeah, game. Yeah, we, we huffed and we puffed, and it was just like we're just not going anywhere. I've never seen us make so few chances in the game this season. Mm. It seems to me that they're the bogey team, Corinthian casuals for Worthing this yeah. season. Um, for some weird reason, you know, we outplayed Leverhead 4-0 which was before the last podcast and you know uh, we played some brilliant we outplayed Bogner and lost obviously uh, and a couple of other teams but you know we seem to turn it around but we got there which is all that matters all that matters is that ball in back and net and the three points you know but it is it is sometimes a bit lethargic to watch a game where it's so little action for us for the team you support yeah but like I say you know we, we were up to second there three points behind Clemstonian yeah. uh yeah, the table's taking shape. And like mm. I say, generally, most managers look at the table after 10 games and look at it. But, you know, we've only played seven. I see South Shields have played 10. Yeah. <laughs> you had some midweek yeah. matches, etc. Going to yeah. play more because obviously we can look after our fuel better up here. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think as you said about the table, Peter, you know, one thing that does surprise me, and he's not really here to defend himself anymore, Johnny, he just sends messages over the text and we just say, go away and watch American football or something because you ain't got a clue. But um, he obviously yeah, living out in Dallas now. But Horsham, second from bottom. Now, for me, they were one of the sides that were up there. I mean, the first season, they were really up there and they sort of had an end of season full. But yeah, as I think Trevor pointed out, maybe last podcast or a couple podcasts, that could have been like the bounce back from promotion onto a new league and everything like that. But to be honest, I, I am quite surprised to see them down there. And Cray as well, Cray Wanderers, who did fantastic last few seasons, are right down there yeah. as well. Um, and this surprised me. And like Leverhead, I mean, I'm not surprised at Leverhead, but they've only won one match, which was apparently fluky and like lost um, six games. Yeah, I think I think the thing with, um, with Cray is obviously their manager left to go to Lewis. And he took half the squad with him, and Lewis now sitting in fourth place. Where last few seasons they've been, a, you know, a typical mid-table mid side. Mm. Well, we're playing them in a few weeks, aren't we? And that will be an interesting match to it's, see what it's like. It's at Woodside Road. Yeah, and, mm. and I, I think isn't it away from home? No, it's a Woodside one. I think. Oh, isn't is it? it? I thought yeah. it was away because obviously, obviously, last time we went there, we absolutely no. Worthing Lewis, three o'clock on Saturday, the twenty-third at home. Well, it'll be a big gate for that one. It'll yeah, be a big gate. Which is good. Um, I do like going to the dripping pan for an away game. Um, and you know that that this is that's going to be another sort of marker for our season. A Sussex derby, not as important as El Clasico's, but you know another derby, local derby, and there was always a good turnout. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mm. And it should be. Mm. Yeah, and you've got, um, you know, Kingstonian atop at the moment. And basically, a few seasons ago, their manager, Hayden Bird, mm-hmm. he was he was at Mercerham. He left to go to Mercerham, and he took half the squad with him. And obviously, with two COVID-interrupted seasons, they haven't really got going. But this season, they've got going. He took Mercerham to the playoffs mm-hmm. in, the, in the last season before COVID. So, yeah. you know, they're top at the moment, three mm-hmm. points clear, and they're going to be, you know, tough to, to knock off that top. Well, moving slightly further down, we've um in the southeast, Eastman and South East, you've got Haywards Heath top of the league, which surprises me because I've always thought I don't know if Trevor, you've seen much of Haywards Heath, but they're top top, and you know they they seem to be bossing that league. And Hastings United, which were kind of in a similar situation to Worthing and South Shields, are kind of how we sort of got to know people. Is um they they're sort of sitting at sort of just outside the playoffs, but they haven't got as strong a start as we thought they would have. Um, some interesting results down there and some scores and Burgess Hill Town and Whitehawk from Sussex are in the relegation areas. Um, any surprises there from anyone that's seen? Trevor Gaz that you've seen on that southeast table? Yeah, seven oaks, seven oaks keep getting thumped. Gaz? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, so I haven't watched any of it, but how is he always, uh, Burgess Hill sorry, always seem to be in and around the bottom. They always seem to struggle. They've had a lot of sort of ex-wording go there over the last sort of Mm. four or five years. And their ex-wording that were achieving something at wording, achieved promotion or whatever. Struggle to see why they're why they're sitting at the bottom. There's something going on there. But Hayward's tea for my local side, believe it or not, at the moment. Temporarily. Um, Haven't been there yet. We'll uh, try and make a trip there. It's a time. nice ground. I went there for a Sussex Cup game a couple of years ago. And it's uh, It's got a nice old stand in there, but it looks like they've sold most of the ground off to housing. So there's this tiny little shed at one end and a car park where you don't really want to park your car because it'll probably end up getting booted by a ball. So um, so that's uh, that's that. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out because obviously, hopefully, they'll be the teams that replace Worthing and uh, once we get promoted into uh, the uh, National South at the end of the season. Um, and for the first time on the Premier League podcast, we've got a brand new Midlands Corridor correspondent called uh, John Doe, haven't we, Pete? Oh, sorry, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Failure. Failure. I was so excited that we could introduce and have a roundup of the central area of the league. But Pete, what are we going to do for you, mate? You can always drive us to the Midlands, James, and try and find one yourself if I'm such a <laughs> failure. Well, the accent would put them off, mate. I can't really do a Brummy accent. BR. Burring. BR. I can't do it. Can anyone else do a Midlands accent that can impersonate? Chris, can you Midlands it up? Not really. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, there we go. Brilliant. That's good. Um, but there we go. Like round up of all the leagues, guys. Thanks for that. Uh, moving on. Hot topic of the moment. Bloody petrol. Um, w word. Don't know if I want to say it. Should I just say it? Wankers. Because uh, I think that's just uh, what they are. Uh, Pete, we're not off rated, so you know, at the end of the day, I uh, can say what we want. But um, 
I, I just, you know what? It just really annoys me. I think one of you touched on it. Is that, was it Chris said it? It's interesting that some some of these teams have FA Cup matches this weekend. Um, and that's quite interesting. Why would you want to postpone football matches when um, you're going to end up with a massive congestion come January, February, March? It makes no sense whatsoever. No. Um, not just for player safety and player fitness. You know, we get fatigue injuries. We had a very good conversation on our podcast, the Mariners podcast the other day with South Shields physio Andy Morris. And, and you know, it was very enlightening to, just to hear his take on things. So you're going to get... So what you get problems where if you don't play for a while, players actually lose fitness. And then when you've got to try and get back up again, and then you've got all these games thick and fast. It makes it just exacerbates it all. Then, of course, you get the problem where you've got all these games so close together, some people won't be able to afford it. True. So the clubs who might think they get more money out of the FA Cup could end up shooting themselves in the foot. So the, this thing about fuel shortage, um, yeah, it's all well and good, but surely on, like, no one's travelling hundreds of miles to get to games, and there's no games in the, in the north off, bar one that touched upon earlier, um, yeah. whether it was on or off, I can't remember, but that was through a, a, a team suffered a bereavement. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no games off for fuel shortages. You, you, you've got to get these games played. It's, it's bizarre. It's beyond me why, why they're not playing. Yeah, Chris, what, one thing I'd say to you is... Uh, league officials down here messaged the clubs mm. and basically said what do you want to do about the midweek fixtures gave them the option and clubs mm. have got an FA Cup sounds familiar player. yeah mm. and it's like what, why, why why do that why give the clubs the option did they do that in the north no, I think it was an Isthmian thing, Pete. It was an Isthmian mm. thing. Yeah, I think it was purely an Isthmian. It's not. A, it's not a trial thing. And what thing that annoys me is that you look at one of the first clubs to postpone before we got postponed today was Horsham versus Leatherhead. And Chris, you won't be aware of this, but I'd say it's probably a thirty-minute le- or less journey from Horsham's ground yeah. to Leatherhead yeah. without traffic. Yeah. It's like it's probably not even twenty miles. I'd say so. No matter if there's a fuel shortage, are you telling me you can't? And as someone pointed out, if they get a coach, if the club organises a coach, the, cl- the the fuel station is in the coach depot normally so how is that an excuse because the fans aren't going to come all the way from all over the country are they they're going to be local area fans so we put on our chat group earlier and i said you know gives give people an inch and they'll take a mile yeah to suit their own agenda but in tomorrow night which obviously people are listening to this obviously this is monday night we record tuesday night lancaster city make the journey to south shields approximately 100 miles nothing's been said Nothing's been said. No. no games are being played as at this stage. Nothing. There's not even been a murmur of any risk of any games. Um, it, it's 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 outrageous. It's an absolute yeah. disgrace. Yes, Trev, um, are you? Oh, sorry, sorry, Chris. No, no, it's fine. No, no, I'm, yeah, Trev. I was I was going to say. Well, we were talking off air, weren't we, Chris? You know, to begin with, that there seems to be a bit of a north-south divide between the north isn't running out or everybody's being sensible in what they do. And in the South, it just seems to be everyone's gone a, a bit gung-ho. But this, um, I've, I've changed my view through the day. I was frustrated this morning because I like my Tuesday football because I can't get to every Saturday game 
because of having the kids every other weekend. So the Tuesday's the one night I can I can definitely go wherever I want to go. And I think the way some of it came out this morning with some clubs that were, it looked, for, for want of another word, looked like they were taking advantage, taking the piss of, a, of the situation. But then as you work your way through the day, you then think, well, hang on. They're not all going to get a coach to a game. It, 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 it doesn't happen, especially Tuesday night games as well. Saturdays is more, I think, when they're going to. So you take maybe five cars are going to go. Then you've got your managers, your physios, your kit people. You've then got your match officials. You've got all the supporters that are going to travel as well. It doesn't matter whether it's 10 miles up the road or it's 50 miles. And then... You know, those people then are going to go and fill up again tomorrow. Mm. I haven't been out to fill up and get petrol to go to work tomorrow, which is Tuesday as we're recording on Monday. So I physically can't work at the moment tomorrow. I'm self-employed. Um, putting those people on the road to go and watch a game of football is potentially taking a tank of fuel away from someone who needs it a bit more often. And... I can see some of the logic in the county league games where they've gone for a blanket call off because I can see, and I was just saying to Gaz before everyone else came on, you know, there's a game um, local to us that literally the the sides are five miles apart. But if that was going to be the only game on, would that then encourage people from Bognor, from Worthing to go, which which then means they're going to use fuel to do that. And then which then means they're going to have to fill up again, which then means they're taking it from, you know, somebody that potentially needs it a bit more. So my views changed a little bit. During the, the thing is, there's no shortage, though. There's no yeah. shortage. It's no, just I, know, I know there's no shortage. But... It's, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not just that. When you go to the petrol station, it, there isn't like a priority list anyway. I've exactly. got, I, I went past. To be fair, Pete, that's not right because there is in some stations. They are, some stations are prioritising for key workers. Right by Heathrow Airport, there are people prioritising for airport stuff. So, but that's not a yeah, national but rule. By, no, but by, by me, I, I went past two petrol stations this evening um, and the queues were, you know, awful. But there's petrol there. So people, you know, you just go, right, unfortunately, you're going to have to queue and fill your tank. But you say that, Pete, I went past two petrol stations at 11 o'clock this morning on my way to, to go to my first block. Both stations had whacking great queues. And by the time I came back through between one and two, one of those stations had run dry already. I'd already passed another eight during that two hour spell I was out delivering, which only one actually had fuel. I then had to get back for my next block. So I couldn't queue up anywhere. I haven't got time to do that because I'm trying to flip and earn a living. Yeah. Then I get, I've li- literally had enough petrol in my tank to do my block this afternoon. I'm now down, so I've got less than 20 miles left in that tank. So again, I haven't got time to sit there in a queue, burning fuel, waiting to go and pick, pick some fuel up when I should be able to go into a petrol station and just get what I need, which is about 20 quid, which will last me two, maybe three days, and then I go and fill up again. I don't need 40 or 50 quid in the tank every time. And neither does never every other idiot that's going and filling up now. But really I, th- I, think, I think this is the problem, isn't it? When the government came out and said, <laughs> said there's, there's no need to panic. You know, remember, it wasn't even a government, remember, it was a gutter no, press. It was yeah, a no, press. No, it was Grant Chaps as well. 
He said oh, he's, he's, he's a moron stone. anyway. No, no one listens to him anyway. But yeah, but remember, you he know, he's a two-wheeled scooter. <laughs> but remember, remember last year, Boris was saying nothing to worry about with COVID. He said I was in the hospital shaking hands with COVID patients. Two weeks later, he's in intensive care. So when the government say don't panic, people don't listen to it, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. No, yeah. no. And, and result, as a result, we've turned a football podcast into something other than football now. Yeah. Which, yeah, but it's affected that. Well, one of the I mean, things that thinks is funny though is that that one down in Kent, I think it was in Ismail South Central before a lot of them other, they were a few. I don't know if that's one you're on about, it was five miles apart, but there was literally one that's pretty much in the next village to each other and they cancelled yesterday before a load of the others. It's like you literally a tiny, tiny pipe. I'm not sure what game Curtin's it was. Bay versus Ramsgate, wasn't yeah, it? That's yeah, that's it. They're yeah. barely anywhere apart and literally they're catching. And this is why you're thinking, as we say, it's that sort of thing. Are they using this as an excuse? Kind of like what was happening during COVID. Oh, we're doing a bad run of form. Oh, one of our players has tested positive for COVID. We need to isolate. Oh, let's give the team a week off, two weeks off, so we can get maybe get some extra training in and all that rubbish and have a break and see if it breaks the run. And that's the thing. I yeah. think this is what I, they're using now. And if I this think, carries on. Yeah, we like to think it's not gamesmanship, but sometimes you can't help but think it. It is games, Michelle. Yeah, I, and I think this morning, Pete. To be honest, that's what I was. That's what I was more thinking because of what was coming out from clubs and other clubs and supporters and stuff like that. It looked, it looked very much like. But the league's given them the option to. Why it seems to be just the Ishmian League, the Southern League, and the Southern Combination League. That's my annoyance in the fact that it's not everybody, and it's mm. not like you know, for you, Chris, it's not touching your part of the company, country. No. Sorry, um, no. you know, where you go and, and enjoy your football, but. Why it's just this small section, um, that's more my annoyance, is that surely everyone should be in the same boat then. If, you know, we're all sailing through this shortage again into the pumps, not shortage across the country, because we know there's enough fuel in the country, but why is not every football league struggling? That's what, you know, that's that's more my annoyance, that it's, mm. it's not covering the whole flipping football pyramid. You know, I mean, like tomorrow night, Grimsby are going to Bromley, um, Chesterfield are going to Woking. Not close trips in the National League, but I think uh, Ebbsfleet, you're at Chippenham. So you're heading to the, you know, into the West Country from, from North Kent. Don't see anything wrong with those. So why are we having a struggle in certain bits and not? It just doesn't make any sense. It's an inconsistency again, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. but it, yeah. You know, it's quite like Pete says they're giving them the choice again and as yeah. Chris says you give an inch they take a mile and you know it might be on to their own thing but you know for me it's quite frustrating because I've got one match next week I can go to uh, versus Hornchurch to hopefully reunite with our PNLP legend Chris Dixon when he's on the losing team for Hornchurch <laughs> but um, that's probably one of the only games I'm going to get to in the next sort of month or so just due to work commitments and stuff so unfortunately if that's off that's me done. And that's when you start thinking, yeah, we've been lucky we've had football after the COVID time and everything like that. Yeah, I, th but, I, think, I think this is sort of the point, isn't it? Everyone's been starved of football and then we're just getting back into the swing mm. of it and then something else comes up and it's like all of a sudden, again, it's mm. taken away from you for something not in a lot of people's control, to be honest. I think mm. sort of Chris pointed, said earlier, you know, why, why would the clubs after having such a long time without money coming through the gate, mm. be so keen to postpone games. I, I, I don't understand. Maybe it's, then, a moral, maybe it's a moral thing as well. Though, like I said earlier about, you know, if you take, if you go down to county league level where you can have four or five cars going and that takes fuel away from somebody else that needs it because some of the idiots down in the southern half of the country can't control what they put in their fuel tank, you know, 
what, what he's based. It's a, it's a difficult thing. I don't think, you know, most of the clubs probably do want to play tomorrow night, or at least half of them do. Too short notice to get games moved around. The question is, is what happens when it comes to the weekend with the FA Cup third qualifying round games? We mm. can end up with a few of them biting the dust and going into next week. They'll be played. Don't you worry about that. Well, you know, <laughs> double standards then, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I agree. I, I totally agree with Chris there that those games will be played because of the prize money on offer. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, well, is, Trev, you said about people, you know, not being idiots fueling their tanks. It's actually not the fueling of the tanks that's the problem. It's the fueling of the jerry cans and everything else that is the problem. Mm. Well, um, yeah, people feeling their tanks isn't, isn't isn't an issue. It's filling everything else on top of them. And I, I think as well. I mean, like I think I was saying before we started as well. You know, one of my mates drives for a living in a van. Went to fill up his van at the weekend. Someone in front of him is filling up with six pound eighty five. I mean, you, you know, was that a necessity? I don't nope. think so. That's that's the idiots you're competing against. Mm. I queued for fifty five minutes for fuel today. Well done, Gaz. Well done, mate. Get <laughs> <laughs> it under yeah. an hour. Yeah, just under an hour. Um, but I, I mean, the irony of it is, I work for the press, so I was almost out of fuel. If I'm out of fuel, and I can't get any, uh, I can't go to work. So, kind of swings and roundabouts, as I say. Um, yeah, I thought you. I thought you was going to say it was uh, to go to a game tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I would have right. done, but you know. Uh, can't do that, I'm afraid. There we go. Uh, so I think uh, hopefully this emotive subject of streaming. I mean, last year and last year before it's COVID, now it seems to be forgotten about. And I haven't seen any updates on death figures today or yesterday or for the past five days because they've got something to, else to talk about and stir up crap about. But, you know, um, hopefully we were not talking in a couple of weeks' time and we've had more postponements and stuff and people still being daft over these tanks. Hopefully it's a short-sighted thing. But um, something really needs to be yeah, done and we, changed we, and I hope it's people's mindsets. Yeah, we don't we don't want to be talking about this till in two weeks' time. God forbid. No, thank God. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Trev, you wanted to um, touch on streaming in the National League. You saw in the paper, uh, in the non-league paper today, uh, there was an interesting article, wasn't there, um, regarding streaming from, uh, what chairman was it again? It was, uh, oh, it was the league chairman. It was, league Chris's, chairman. Yeah, it was, Northern, Chris, Chris, it was Chris, yeah. Chris's mate, uh, the Northern Mark Premier League chairman. Yeah, he was, uh, well, just summarise what, what he was saying there. Well, look at his, look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I, if I was in trouble for saying the W word earlier, I think we'd be in trouble for something else now, wouldn't we? <laughs> funny, funny as well, though, I mean, like a few months ago when we talked about streaming, I was pretty much like, you know, look, bang on, this needs to happen. It needs to be an option or anything like that. And then I think as um, the weeks have gone on and you see the attendance figures at games, which have been high, and then they still keep getting higher and they're staying at that level. They're not changing. They're not going down. You sort of start to think, well, actually, maybe it's not the right time to be talking about it now. Still needs to be a discussion, I think, and something that clubs should be able to do. Nothing, I don't think, above the National League level because they've got their deal with BT and they need to sort that bit out with them if they want to stream. But at some point in the future, it's going to be, you know, that, it, that it's going to come that way. Um you know, the whole thing about getting the supporter through the door, which is, you know, once you've got them in there, that secondary spend is what's all important to every single club, which you're obviously not going to get when you go streaming. Um, I mean, I did a piece for Met Police to go in their programme um, this coming weekend in the FA Cup um, about the streaming bit and sort of, you know, said that 
if you know maybe there's some way depending on how you look at the technology and stuff that for people that live abroad um you know which obviously picked up on the streaming last year and would have watched it haven't got that option again this year you know how easy it is to control vpns and servers and things like that so that people in this country are redirecting it by one in india just so they can watch the game and stuff like that i don't i don't quite know and you know i was thinking along the same lines as well for like away fans i mean the amount of barnet games i watched last year when they were you know home or away no way i can commit to that every year it's impossible a because of the travel and b because of the, the cost as well so you know whether you can how you can get around away fans you know as well watching it so it's not going to the home fans you're still getting those home fans in the stadium it's still being picked up you know income wise but um i've sort of swung it around a little bit because the attendance figures have been so good at grounds right the way from step one down to seven it's been you know phenomenal when you see the figures coming out you know you've got clubs in the national national league that have got better averages than clubs in league one you know, which is really saying something, people wanting to go out and watch a game. So I don't think it's like a dead in the water type thing, but maybe it's not quite a, a now thing. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else thinks. I think I um, I, yeah. the, 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 the thing, I was always kind of under the impression that um, streaming is an option if there are restrictions. As soon as restrictions are lifted, no streams. And I can't see that changing. Um, uh, unless I think what you mentioned there, Trevor, is is valid. Maybe if and we did this, we did this last season with a club where we streamed. We streamed at Bamba Bridge, and kind and Bamba Bridge um, got a percentage. Hey, can you turn the, your porn off, please? Of the stream. Um, of the stream. <laughs> But it's, so, it's sorry, Chris. No, no, we've got a percentage of this the stream income. Um, so maybe for away fans, if clubs could agree, you know, to a percentage of, of any income, it's a possible, but I just don't see the government allowing Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, streaming while there's no restrictions. Yeah. Maybe midweek. That, maybe midweek. Yeah, that, that was my my thing, Chris. I, I don't see anything wrong with the midweeks. But I think the Saturday three o'clock is the holy grail, isn't it? Yeah, where you want, where you want people to get get their backsides to the football. Was it Jersey FC that moved all of their kickoffs? No, Isle, like of, Man. It, Isle of Man, Isle did Man. it until yeah. like seven o'clock, so that away five, fans five twenty, I think it is. Was it five twenty? Yeah. So all the away fans that couldn't yeah. get over to the Isle of Man because of restrictions could watch the games. That was the only way of doing it, which is fair yeah. enough that the league let them do it. Good move. Good move. I. I um... I certainly would advocate something like that in, in, in whatever circumstances. As long as you can maximise opportunities for football fans to see a game, pre preferably in the flesh, but if they can't, if they can stream, not break any rules, make a little bit of money still, and that's what it's all about. I mean, look at some of the crowds. I mean, we had 2,150 on Saturday. Sunderland were at home. Um, Warrington didn't bring many fans at all, yet the ground... You know, it was it was two one two one four eight, and then you said about the the, the national league. There was what it was seven thousand, I think, at um, at one game in the national league. I might have um, been a week before, hang on. A week before, fantastic numbers. Even in the even in the northern league, which is your equivalent of the county standard down your way, um, yeah. some numbers are fantastic. It's wonderful. No, it's great. It's great. It's great to see some of these numbers. And oh yeah, you know, you yeah, you're right. Stockport had nearly seven seven 
Yeah. 7-1 against Wrexham. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It is really great to see and hopefully it continues these high numbers. Um, and I think it's a lot of people getting disillusioned with football and football league clubs. Uh, it's going to start drifting down to non-leagues again, which is great to see and great for the clubs and makes them more competitive and you can see on yeah, 9-10 10, decent football. But, but with, the, with the lower league footballs, with what's happening at the moment, we, we don't need this current crisis to interfere in with the, yeah. the sort of flow that we've got going at the beginning yeah. of the season so far. Because mm. people are going to go, oh, I've just got getting into it. I'll mm-hmm. go to another game. I'll go to another game next week. And then they're like, well, I can't get to that game. I can't get to that game there. Yeah. Well, that, maybe that, maybe that we can try get, maybe we can try and get a chairman or something on if it's still going on in two weeks' time, and we can get our friend Nick back again and ask yeah. him, see, take him to task and ask him why are they why are they giving this offer. Um, but yeah, I think that that kind of that's kind of it for this week, guys. Pete, have you got any of your top tips or shout outs? Or Trevor's got one. He's put his no, hand Trevor's up. Trevor's Trevor's got them this week. Go on, oh, Trevor. Oh, no, I've only got the one. Um, one that we put in the uh, WhatsApp group during the week was um, National League South, Hungerford Town, and their superb deal for their for their game on uh, Saturday. 20 quid, got you entry, a programme, uh, a meal deal, which I think was either a pie and chips or a burger and chips, and a pint or a soft drink for 20 quid. Yeah, or it was sausage and chips as well. Or sausage, yeah, absolutely fantastic value. National League South as well, so we're only talking two, two below the Football League. Um you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to jump on a bandwagon and, and, and sort of do it every week, but, you know, it's the sort of thing that gets people in, you know. Especially when you consider it that in, at the same level, York City are charging 20 quid flat just to get in. Yeah, it cost me 22 quid to sit down at Barney on Saturday. They've got to pay, they've got to pay for their new stadium, Chris, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess. But Spell Shields tomorrow night, you know, they've just... Now that the um, the autumnal weather is almost upon us, they've they're reintroducing the um, over sixty five hot drink deal. So if you when you go into the ground and you're over sixty five, you get a token at the turnstile that entitles you to a free hot drink. That's quite good. That's that's a nice little one. Well, you'll laugh. A certain club close to people's hearts, they charge uh, more for a, a syrup uh, Coke drink than they do a can of Coke because apparently it's more expensive. So that's a new one on me. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, Chris. So once you, once your main stands built and your ticket prices go up next season, you'll be running then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the thing is, I, I, I you, it's, it's, you've got to make sure it's affordable. If it's affordable, you'll get people in, and once you've got them, you can get them spending. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, keep 100%. them in the ground. Keep them in the ground. Get them in. Keep them before and after happy hours, whatever, and it would work, and you'd, you'd have a lot of fun. Trevor. We had a great time on Saturday. We had a local, a, a young band, played three 45-minute sets after the game. Um, terrific. There you go. The queues, the queues for the bar were still, you know, the, in the marquee. The, the queue just never went down until about quarter past five. <coughs> Worth it. In two Worth it. in the afternoon. <laughs> didn't Worthing used to do something similar to that? They used to have someone in the bar after a game on a Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, when they yeah. Good man- when they got good bar management, mate. But that's another. Yeah, story. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did. You, we did. Yeah, we did use bands on occasion, but it was always the same band all the time. And I think people. But yeah, it. but the thing is, they were still good, and their people stayed. And you know, yeah. as I said, it's. I mean, I I still think they could put a band on now, and you might get the odd few people stay. But once they're getting charged the drink prices, and uh, 
they're not going to stay around because it just makes it expensive. But we all ranted about drink prices in the last episode, so I'm not going off on tangent again because I'm sick to back tea for the bloody <laughs> drink prices at a club. But um, Pete, have you not got any uh, shout outs this week? You know, we've got a list. I haven't had a chance to be honest. I've been quite a busy. But he's man. been queuing, he's been queuing for fuel all day. I, I will I, no. I will do it. I will do shared. Um, apparently, there was a horrible accident. Uh, a Frimley Town players. Um, Green, wasn't it? Yeah, been in, yeah, been involved in a, a terrible accident. One one player has died in under eighteen, and then there's oh. a couple of others in intensive care. Car, car accident is that? Yeah, car accident, head-on car accident with a taxi oh. or something. Awful. So our thoughts go with Frim. The, the player's not been named or anything, but obviously our thoughts go out to his, mm. his family and the nice. club. Not nice to hear. Not nice to hear. Um, but but no, apart, apart from. Me being a bearer of uh, woe as usual. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, there you go. Gareth, you're looking through your phone. Have you made notes or are you, are you bored of my, my dulcet tones? <laughs> I, I, my wife's in the next room and just messaged me, so I'm just... Uh... So, hurry up. I want to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> go well, uh, well, as, as I said, my, my, it's my wedding anniversary today and I'm doing a podcast, so obviously uh, obviously she's um, she'll, she'll probably be like, what are you doing? She, 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 she gets me out of her hair for half an hour, an hour. That's what it's like. Who said romance is dead, eh? Oh, yeah. All romance in a podcast, isn't it? But um, on, on that on that note, guys, it's been it's been a pleasure to uh, see you in, in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we actually have football to talk about because I got a bit sick of uh, not talking about any football. And if that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, I'd be very frustrated. But um, we, we, will all, we will all be very miserable again. Well, we'll try it. As I said, if it, if it is still some delays and some cancellations, we'll try and get a league chairman on to sort of speak about their sort of what, why they're doing this and sort of taking away something that's taken so long to uh, recover and get back to it. But um, fingers crossed that doesn't happen and this madness is over by the weekend. Eh? But um, anyway, from us all at the Premier Non-League Podcast, episode 21, I'd like to say good night. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.